Hello, listeners. This is Dr. Taylor Hartman. I'm with my colleague, Kat Larson. Hi, Kat. Hi, Taylor. What's been happening? Well, my houses look festive and like Mrs. Claus has not been sleeping. It's gorgeous. And we have white, white snow in Sundance. It's gorgeous up here. Just amazing. Aww. Beautiful. She's already Christmas. She got, she's already Christmas decorated. Christmas decorated. Trees up everywhere. It's Martha Stewart without the attitude. I'm telling you. It's just been very festive. So, yeah, we're all ready. How about you? Well, you know, I... Um, Sorry I asked. Let's I, move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have a gnome out. I have one, one Christmas gnome out. So, I, we're getting there. You're on your way. You're well on your way. <laughs> I don't oh. even want to talk in the same breath about Gene Hartman because, no, you know, I'm it's with so you. ridiculous. <laughs> Listen. I've always said the reason we get along so well is that I like myself because if I didn't, I'd be like, what? So, <laughs> I'm such a loser. Yes, That's exactly. Right. <laughs> what do I bring to this? Well, I think I bring me. <laughs> that's exactly, and that's enough. And right, that's enough. there we go. That's so <laughs> oh yellow of us. Gosh. So anyway, oh. yeah, so it's a good, I love this time of year though. It's very festive and very fun. Um, yes, yes. I love seeing people be kinder and more open to people and generous and thoughtful and all the above. So. It's are you having a, a, everybody home? We are having several homes. Some one has to travel out of state because his his mom is really struggling. She's had some bad falls and she may not make it. And she asked that they all come oh. one one last time, which makes sense. So they can't be here, which is unfortunate. But right. good for them. I'm good. For, I like that. Yes. And then um, yes. But we'll have some here, and then some you know aren't they don't live here, so that won't happen. And then Christmas right. we have everybody together, and we'll be doing sleigh everybody? rides and yep. Very oh, fun. Oh my gosh. I know lots of festivity and fun and games and oh my that's gosh. And we're giving awesome. them the great gift none of them know about yet. So that's going to be fun to do. And, and you can't say it because they listen to the podcast. Exactly. So I'll say nothing. <laughs> I'll say, but I still, for our listeners, I still want you to know how much I believe in gratitude. I will never, ever forget the time I said to my granddaughter, um, yes. And when you come back, we're going to go to a very, very cool thing for for Christmas. And she goes, can you give me a hint? And I said, yes, it's, it's warm. Remember this? And she thought I said, Orem, which is like nowhereville. <laughs> it's in the middle of nothing. And she was so excited. She goes, oh, well, I have so much fun in Orem. In oh. Orem? Are you kidding me? So ever since that, I've said, I'll give you whatever you want. Go wherever you want to go. <laughs> do whatever you want to oh. do. Because just her gratefulness, right? It's so yes. cool when kids have that gene in them or whatever that is that yep right yep and you yep. just can't believe how some people don't get it they will never understand nope. how their lack of gratitude deters them from having a more abundant life while those who have it don't ever expect it to be anything more than just they're grateful that's how they are right so shouldn't that the truth yeah it's, <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic I've, I've thought about that why petty people don't see the things that they do to damage the quality of their life. And we have an upcoming podcast on that, which is on positivity versus negativity. And that'll be an mm -hmm. interesting topic for us. But today, yes. we have one that you wanted to bring up and I thought was excellent. Yes. So I'll let you lead. Yeah, so I was kind of actually just driven from a problem I was having in my life that, you know, some uncertainty about things. And I was just wondering about being able to live in that, you know, uncertain, hard, hurting, pain 
and how I, it, how it affects my confidence Yes, and how I feel less than when I'm in that. Yes. And, and I'd like you to, I mean, I, I just kept thinking like, do we ever get over this or is it critical for this journey to, that's how you get confident. <laughs> you know, do I have to go through all of this to build that? Some people seem confident without it. Are they really? Or, you know, these were, these were the, some musings that I was having. Yeah. And I was thinking, I want to know what Taylor thinks about this. I like the way you muse. I think it's very cool. Like you just, you know, you, <laughs> no, I mean, you actually allow yourself to be curious about the human condition, which I think is so cool. Yeah. And it is interesting, as you mentioned that, I was, I'm reading a, an autobiography about Paul Newman. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, you would not think of him the way he presents himself. And the insecurities he struggled with, being small wow. and being uh, part Jewish, and a, a lot of the elements that, unless you really dig under the covers, you don't see the uncertainty that people have about themselves. And, and, and he says, frankly, had I died in the war I was in, I would never have known anyone thought I was attractive. And I would never have considered that ever. And, wow. he, and he became one of the most attractive people on the planet, right? Um, oh, both yeah. Both physically, but also like in mentally and emotionally. Yes. He was seen that way. And yes. generosity. So I, I like your, your concept. And I, I want to talk about that for a minute because I find that there are people who are genuinely confident and then there are those who are not. And they act mm-hmm. as though they are. And it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a, such a duality. Uh, the, the ability, when you're confident by nature, you have your bearings. Like you have a sense of who you are and what you are. And that's also what frees you from jealousy because you're not worried about trying to compare yourself to anybody. You're legit within yourself for who you are. And it's not based mm-hmm. on how you're not like somebody else. But, mm-hmm. but we all experience challenges. Like, for example, I am horrific at statistics and math. If I own that, then I'm far less bothered by it or lacking confidence than if I pretend that I am and I'm not. So getting mm-hmm. to know who you really are and where you're strong and where you're not, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a big step, I think, in getting confidence that's legit. But mm-hmm. as you go through life, you're going to have new things come to you that are new challenges you've not done before. And so it's very common that your confidence gets shaken by uncertainty. Am I able to manage college? Am I able to manage an adopted child? Am I able to handle getting old and frail? I mean, those are new challenges right? I do want you to know as listeners that we all have different levels of confidence that we come with. And part of that confidence includes the humility to identify truly where you're strong and where you're not strong and to adapt to that as opposed to pretending. And then be grateful and gracious about people who are gifted at other things than you are. Use them as role Mm -hmm. models for how they manage their lives, that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. I think I was talking to a young man the other day, and as we were engaging, he told me, yeah, I have been seeking validation for my entire life, wanting someone to want me enough that I would feel good about myself. And that's caused him great, horrific pain in his life, marriage, personal life, all sorts of things. But as I was listening to him, I thought, I I don't have that. I don't need someone else to validate that I'm okay. Like the first time you need a compliment, then the first time you get a criticism, it knocks you down because your compliment, compliment or criticism defines who you are and how you see yourself. But if you're more clear about who you are and how you are, those things don't deter or enhance 
They simply add to or detract in terms of others' views, but not yours. So I was thinking as I was listening to him, I, I don't need someone else to validate me. That doesn't, that's not necessary for me. And that frees me of that in, in Have you always been that way? Always. I, I came that way. I you mean, came I, with that. I came from birth. My dad would spank, bang me. I, I'd spank me. I'd laugh at him. I mean, I, I, my mother was very dominant, very direct. I was very playful with her. I, didn't, I never felt less than or unable to hold my own. So that was kind of a nice, I, in fact, I said. That, that's a gift. Yeah, it is a gift. That you had. Yeah. Got. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I remember when so I was. So if I don't have that gift. No. I don't have that gift. You didn't come with it, and you also didn't get it taught, right, when you were younger. Is that true? Okay. Go, okay. So hold on one second. It, yes. I, I think I definitely wasn't taught it. Right. And I see in my, in my, in places in my life where that has had a negative impact on people in my life, like, you know, siblings and things like that. Right. So you can see that. Oh, but, uh, but I have a question for you. Did sports yeah. enhance or detract from building confidence? It. For me, it enhanced it because I, I was, because I was pretty good at what I did. I worked hard and I had a, I was tall. I mean, yep. you know, I'm six one and right. playing basketball, you know, in high school, that's tall for back then. <laughs> it's still tall. It people are, people are <laughs> well, getting you're taller right. That's though. true. That's um, true. But it but was, it was a confidence builder, was, right? It was. Yeah. Now across the board. Yeah. yeah. So, cause I do think sports can be a very strong enhancer of uh, confidence. Especially if you right. could take it off the court and also into your life, right? Did you find that you could do that? No. So it stayed I on the think court. it was, it stayed on the court because what made me good on the court at the time for me, mm-hmm. um, the con- social constructs of, I mean, you know, I'm six one, 175 pounds. I mean, you know, that's, that's a big person. Big person. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're and right. Socially, that's not it's awkward. accepted. Nope. Especially yeah. in your day. Yeah. That's a good point. Oh gosh! So yeah. it so that was sad because the reality is once you're on the court, you're good. Like you're really you're in, yep. in your element. Ah, but if you went yep. off the court, you say no. It actually worked against me in some ways. Um, that's right. Ah, that's very good. Okay. So I, again, as what a I'm, woman, as a woman, yes, yes, definitely. Well said. Absolutely, a tall man, a big man, right? That's a positive. Typically, yeah, people. But, yeah, but that's a good point, though. I I do think that confidence comes from innate within you and, or you learn it. I certainly have had families that I've seen who have tried to build that in their children, but I will be honest and say that if you come with it innately, you're far more prone to being successful at it because then Mm -hmm. you don't need anything to have to happen to make you feel good about you. It comes from within. Well, yeah. And I want to ask you a question right here because it's kind of been something I've been thinking about also is is confidence seems to have have been, in my view, given a a masculine coding, like okay. like a male view of it to be confident, tough, make you know do the hard things. I mean, there seems to be like a male feel around Bias. it. Would you agree? Bias. Well, here's you know the first thing that comes to my mind: hmm. these short black mamas with these huge football sons. Who don't cross yes. them at all. <laughs> like, no, no. Right. So right. in that sense, I think these black women that have been the stronghold in their families exuded confidence in a very positive way. But I, I think that typically I would say you're right. Confidence is perceived as more of a male dominant 
a trait, and it shouldn't be. I mean, mm-hmm. the reality is that there are women who also have that same bias towards themselves. Like, they feel very confident and capable. But in our society, I would agree with you. Yeah, I would. Define confidence for me, Taylor, the way you define it in your work. The ability to perform, the ability to do life on your terms, uh, the belief that you can figure life out and make things happen. You're not waiting for the world to happen for you or someone to take care of you. You, you will find your way and make things happen because you, you trust yourself. That's good. That's good. I, th- I think, yeah, that, that's great. So I took a little segue there. Sorry. So when you're looking at somebody who doesn't come with that and, you know, looking at the color code and, and looking at the core colors, how do you look at that and say, if a red doesn't have confidence or a blue or a white or a yellow um, in your work, right? Yeah. Is it, is it a different path for each of the colors? Well, that's a, that's a great point. I think insecurity is the root of lack of confidence and a red will pretend mm-hmm. that they have it when they don't. And they typically okay. become very manipulative to skew things as though they are confident and as though they're in charge. One man, for example, he spends all of his energy picking at the limitation in somebody that he is threatened by to undermine them. Oh. It's all he does so that he will look more confident, more capable at the end of the day. And then with those people who are superiors, he defers to them, plays up to mm-hmm. them. So it's all manipulation. The entire operation is manipulation. And it's very God, hard. It's so clear, isn't it? Oh, it's Yikes. so clear. It, it is frightening, actually. Oh. And yet, and yet, I got to admit, unless you're trained in this, you don't see it as easily. Like those nope. people, for example, he's playing up to, they don't see it. Mm-hmm. They're loving the fact they're deferred to. And I'm like, oh, geez, mm-hmm. you're letting this person kill people, but you're not willing mm-hmm. to own that that's not legit. But I also think on the positive side, reds are doers. And, it, and they are so insecure about not winning, not doing well, not achieving that they will often push through things to prove that they are deserving of. Uh, like mm-hmm. I've always said the example, you ask a red if they can do something in a, in a job interview, they will always say yes. They've never done it before, but they'll always say yes. And then they'll go figure it out because they right, hate right. to fail so badly that they will figure out what it does take to win, right? But it's a very tough way to live life if you're constantly on the precipice of I'm not going to make good enough. I'm not going to succeed. That's a tough one. Uh, blues, on the other hand, I find are often the most capable of all the colors, and they're the most self-doubting mm-hmm. because they're critical of not being perfectionists. They're not, they're not good enough to give themselves credibility, and yet, in truth, they're the ones that probably will follow through to the very end more than any other person would do. But they do suffer a great deal from I'm not good enough. And so if you want to work a blue, you can always like, let them know, could have been better. And they, they just go crazy. <laughs> like They just go nuts because they want to please people. And they don't know within themselves that they're enough. And so if you want to get them, they're a pretty easy mark, which is unfortunate. Whites, their greatest strength in my mind is their internal compass. When, mm-hmm. they are, they're, when they're clear and logical, what I love most about them is breezes and winds don't seem to sway them. They're very clear about their perspective. However, whites suffer a lot with self-doubt. So when they get caught in the negative of self-doubt and they don't talk about it, so they don't really hear themselves, they can become stuck. And that's where they become vulnerable to not being confident, right? They find, however, if they can focus on specific things that they are interested in, 
They're pretty, mm-hmm. pretty confident at that. They're pretty good about that. And they don't need to, they're not egotistical. They don't need to talk, comment on it. They just want to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. yellows, yellows have a lot of innate confidence, a sense of life will work for me, lucky. I think I can always find my way out of life, that kind of stuff. The problem with yellows right. is they'll take shortcuts and not do their work. And then, of course, they get caught at the end with not being prepared. And that really works against them. So you, at some point, as for your yellow, you can't just rely on shortcuts. At some point, you have to step up and say, I, I need to pay my dues. And I find a lot of yellows later in life who just didn't spend the time finishing a career, finishing an education, finishing, finishing something. So they actually earned the right to be. And so that undercuts their confidence later in life. So that's, that's how I yeah, see it for. It's, it's interesting. We were, you know, just when you look at, for me, it's interesting when you look at all of this with the, you know, the motives of power with reds right. and blues intimacy and white peace and yellows fun is, you know, like how many times as you're putting together these steps in your life, you know, I'm the one who has to put the steps together and like reds do it too much on their own. Blues maybe hand it over too much right, correct. to other people. Correct. Whites probably do it too much on their own. They do. They don't hear right? themselves. And yellows seem, no, and yellows seem to be scattered about that. Like Great word. Yeah. Yep. They, they do much better with structure, which they hate, but it's where they perform better for sure. Yeah. Gosh, it's, so the pain part of all of this is so critical. And I think that that is one thing, like the pain part of it for me is that it just, of course, as humans, we're always trying to get out of pain, right? Like we don't yeah. want to feel it. We don't want to go through it. We don't <laughs> right. want to look at it. Right. Right. right? Yep. What if I sit in it? You know, yes. like, oh my gosh, I don't want to face it. If I have to face it, that means I'm a failure when yes. really it's kind of the opposite. Right. Yeah. Right. That's good. Yeah, okay. I like that. So, but, but it, yeah, but the pain of it is, is what, what it's about. Like if there is pain, there is uncertainty. Everybody's kind of figured this out. And that's correct. Like trying to, that's the life journey, to get right? Your head around that. Right. 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 So talk to me a little bit about all of the colors feel that. Right. It depends the on how driving. you show it or what you let it do to you. For yeah. example, if fear takes over, like the fear of aging, I've seen it cripple people because they, they get so yep. stuck in the uncertainty of how it will play out. No one knows how it's going to play out. We have no idea. But if you get stuck in that uncertainty, it can cripple you. Right. So I think, I think the fear of any new experience, new challenge, new loss, for example, I think that you're right. It is painful. But I, I think a lot of life is painful. I think a lot of life is, is loss and hurt and misjudgment and, and missed opportunities. But there's so much more magic to it than just those things that I think if mm-hmm. you can't balance that and weigh that well, then you're going to get stuck in always thinking of the negative and how unfair life is. And that's not the, the best way to live life in my mind. You know, I, I want to ask a question in... Of course, you can always defer because you're the doctor. Um, is <laughs> is in this life? I mean, I'm so curious about you. Like, you go through pain and uncertainty, yeah, yep. yeah. Do you? Absolutely, absolutely. And what do you do with all of that? Who do you talk to? <laughs> I mean, well, where do you go with your stuff? Well, it, it's interesting you say that. I I reflect often. Like, uh, people don't realize how often I will think about like life and myself and direction I'm headed. I also have a wife who is very grounded and very comfortable in exchanging ideas and thoughts and challenges, which is very comforting. Mm-hmm. And 
I have to give a lot of credit to my Christian faith. I happen to believe I'm a son of God and Jesus is the Christ, and I am very grounded that way. I don't fear Mm -hmm. that there isn't a good ending to all this. So as much as there's trauma, I think the point of trauma is to learn and to grow. That Therefore, if I'm stuck in a trauma and I'm not learning or growing, then I'm able to say, well, that's not, you're not doing the right process. You're not taking advantage of the opportunity or you're focusing on something you got to let go of. That kind of thing gives me support in the process of getting through life and not staying stuck. And I really do have a strong <laughs> belief at the end, it's all going to be good. Yeah, I think that is that just makes me smile everywhere. Like it just makes me smile everywhere. It does. Because it's so, you know, and the fact that you said that in your life, when you go through stuff, that your spouse is grounded. Yes. And that that gives that's where you go for when you get in pain or you feel uncertain about something, your spouse helps you. She does. And you know what? That's sad to me when there's people that don't have that. They have either a spouse who is not supportive or not grounded, right? Or very self-centered and right. off on their own addictions or whatever. Or you're single. And then I guess you best the best shot you have is a sibling or a friend who is really grounded. But you're right, Kat. I've worked with many people that don't have that element in their life. And they're yep. they're kind of on their own, quite frankly. And sometimes I'm I'm intrigued by just processing my thoughts. I hear things from my wife, for example, I would never have thought of in a million years. So it's really helpful to have somebody who's trying to process things with, in my mind. Make sure. Well, life- and you got to have somebody. Yeah, I. Me. And you have. I mean, either it's a spouse or a friend or a parent or a a brother or a sister that you can pick up the phone and you got to have somebody to help you. Right, but the problem I think some people have is they pick poorly. Like they don't pick people that are good for them, and then they follow their advice and they get in more trouble. Or they want someone to validate them in their illogical thinking. That doesn't help them either. So I think you're right. You should look for someone who is really, and not necessarily the same as you, someone that would give you a perspective you don't have by nature, and then be mm-hmm. humble enough to say, um, okay, that's good. I'll have to think about that. But then you also raise the issue of sitting in it. Sometimes you really do have to sit in it. Like, think about it. I don't think a lot of our problems are resolved overnight, like people think. I don't believe that. I think they take time to process and think about, and they shift and sway in, in the process. So I, I think it's really cool to have somebody who cares about you and loves you and supports you, despite the fact that it may not all be roses all the time. Well, you know, we just, I, Paco and I just had a fight on Monday night and we were talking about that. And yep. he's it's so funny, my beautiful blue husband, who, who can absolutely drive me cuckoo and vice versa. Of course, versa, right, that's why is, you're married. Is that, yeah, that's right. Is that is that he's like, you know, I'm just so afraid. We've been together now, remember, 25 years. <laughs> 25 years, two children. He's so afraid. He's like, I just don't want you to leave. I'm like, dude, what? If I was going to leave, okay, I mean, okay. so cute. But can I, just be, can I just be honest and say the suitcase you yes. have packed by the door, it doesn't help. It would be better if you just move that it's to the bedroom. It's a very powerful tool. Very powerful tool. Um, <laughs> I just have to point at it. And you, you know exactly. You don't even say a word. But I you, don't. But here's the, other, here's the other side to that. I don't. By the way, listeners, I do not have a suitcase packed anywhere. <laughs> so, so the reality is blue people by nature fear that loss of all the colors. Yep. They're the most likely to think. When, when you're thinking, why would I leave you? of all people, but in many ways, blues fear, they think of these things. You know, the worst case scenarios, 
That's what they think about. So they'll think about, mm-hmm. oh, you'll die before me. Uh, oh, you'll find mm-hmm. someone else more interesting. They, they think those things, which you, the yellow, mm-hmm. are like, who thinks that way? Like, why would you think that way? So that's a good point, though, that you raise. And, and it does, it is kind of frustrating to someone like you who's like, why do you think I think that? Like, well, I'm not, that's not who I am as a person. So, but I think it's much more just Well, internal. I think a long time ago, he got a, a, a jolt of fear when maybe I said, you know what, I can't do this. And that, I mean, you know, what, what was it like 18 years ago? Right. But that's also. And I think that's, I think that's what's solid in him. I mean, he soldered that to his soul. Yes. But he also <laughs> saw that there were changes he made and you made together yes. that, that are significantly different than what was going on 18 years ago. Yes. And that doesn't yes. satisfy him. Whereas you're like, well, that was the point of the conversation. Yes. Things are better. <laughs> that's why we're together. Yeah, that's a great point, Taylor. Right? I mean, that's what you that's guys That's such did. a great point. So I think when people <laughs> step up and do the work and engage each other, that kind of candid conversation should free them not to live in fear, but to have great mm-hmm. hope and confidence. Well, mm-hmm. we got to quit. That was a great one, Kat. Thank you so much for those great questions. Thank you for answering questions. Yes, and I hope our listeners are really thinking about this dynamic. So how confident are you in uncertainty and what are you allowing Mm -hmm. yourself to enjoy about life as opposed to fearing it have a great week we hope you all are doing well and enjoying the holiday season and we'll talk to you next week hey color code family it's kathy larson i want you to take down a number i want you to put this in your contact list under the people code the number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the People Code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up, and you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.